What's happening, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Final Score Podcast. Greg Swatek here with you, as always, joined in studio by Alexander Dacey to talk about the rather sudden end of the uh, winter sports season uh, here in Frederick County. Uh, but first, I wanted to mention that uh, Dean Swink, uh, the new uh, head coach of the Urbana football team, will be on the podcast in just a couple of minutes. Uh, we'll talk to Dean about uh, get, jumping back into the head coaching ranks. Uh, he was the head coach of Tuscarora, uh, stepped away, uh, took some time away, uh, had a couple of assistant jobs, uh, and now he's back um, at uh, Urbana as the head coach. So we'll talk to Dean about how that all came about and just what he thinks of, of, of the team at Urbana and his new situation. So look forward to chatting with him in a couple of minutes but but man mr dacey it, it was a rather sudden uh conclusion to the uh um winter sports season with both the walkersville boys and the frederick boys going down in the state uh semifinals first uh before we talk about that yeah. we, we got to talk about the ending of oh, the urbana God. girls season <laughs> <laughs> which which might have been the most crushing ending you could possibly imagine. The only thing more crushing would have been if Urbana was ahead and this uh, half-court shot beat them. The game was tied, so Severna Park would not have lost if this half-court shot does not go down, but it did go down. Severna Park wins, and forget about Urbana's reaction for a second. What was your reaction to this shot going down being at the game? I I think I audibly said out loud what and like my jaw just dropped because I was like there's no way not only did they hit that shot but that it was their center that hit that shot it wasn't even like you know a three an actual three point shooter it was their center just sort of lollipop this thing in it yeah it was like the heat, and, the, the prayer and, of all prayers and it here. just went straight well I she didn't even believe it like like there's there's photos you know of her right after that where she's just, her mouth is just open she's like putting her hand up like did i really just do that and i think that was kind of everybody's reaction was like where in the world did that come from but i mean you know i mean if you're a band it's like what you can't do anything about that it's just yeah, one mean, of those freak things but yeah i mean you can't you fault know. them for not defending the play properly because right. they, they they weren't really sure how to defend the player what was going to happen right so but man, I, I just can't. <coughs> uh, pardon me. Uh, uh, I I just can't think of a more heartbreaking way for a season to end on a, on, mm. on a half court shot. Again, the, the game would have gone into overtime if, if it doesn't mm. go down. But but still, uh, I mean, I'm I'm uh, <laughs> I'm sure Joe Blazer, yeah. uh, he was he's he didn't sleep much that night and probably for the yeah. next couple of nights and then probably many of his players too. Uh, I, I guess the reaction is just shy. The first reaction just has to be shock more than even – I mean, of course, they're crushed and disappointed their season's over, but the first reaction that trumps all has to be just utter shock. Right. I mean, most I mean, most of them – So, well, I will say kudos to them. Like, you know, that shot went through with three seconds left, and it's like you know, not like college or pros. Like, the clock keeps going in the last two minutes, even if a shot goes. So they had to, like – you know, they kind of had to hurry up and get it out. And I think um, – I didn't see this at the time, but apparently uh, – uh, Coach Blazer was trying to call for he had uh, he had some timeouts left. He was trying to call a time timeout, but I guess the, the ref didn't see him. Um, but you know Urbana, like kudos to them. They they kept going and they were able to get a like a desperation you know like three quarters heave off and obviously didn't go. But you know a- after that they were all just kind of like crouching down or looking at the sky like what in the world? Like, I mean what just happened? Like how can you but, even defend a play because you you don't want to like commit a, like a, a really silly foul right that would that would potentially put anyone on the free throw line right so, so you almost like have to let let the shot go and just throw I, caution to the wind I, and just just see what happens i mean it was also a broken play too because like they had just stopped them on a layup and were trying to run it up the floor because um you know partially partially because of the time but also because saverna park is like gets a ton of steals like they're super super aggressive defensively um, so, and the, when the way they kind of were able to get back in that game was, you know, running it a little more and they were, um, I think, I think they were starting to wear, you know, wear them down at least a little bit. And it looked like, you know, they kind of had a, it was like a two on two kind of going down, down the floor, but they had some momentum and 
you know, and then it, the, the pass just totally slipped out of, you know, slipped out of, you know, Urbana's hands and went right to, uh, right to Abby Cavanaugh's Severna Parker who hit the shot. And so at that point, it's like, you you know, there's like, there's only two people back for Urbana and, it, and they kind of backed off because it's like, well, it's their center and she's, she's got some time, you know, we're gonna, we're in a weird position, but you know, she's probably coming downhill, but then she just kind of stopped and just, just, just put one up. And again, it's like, it's not, you know, can't really defend that. Right. Cause you know, they're, 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 it's, it's an awkward situation. You're kind of outnumbered, kind of not like, you know, people got people coming back up the court, people who are already behind the play. So it's, it's just one of those things. And it's kind of a perfect, you know, perfect storm for a, a wacky buzzer beater. But. I mean, once the dust settled, I mean, the the again, the initial reaction yeah. from everyone in the gym, including your, yourself, yeah. had to be just shock, utter shock. Right. What was the sort of reaction once things settled down a bit? I mean, I'm sure just crushing disappointment. I mean, yeah, like, well, Severna Park was obviously elated, um, you know. Aside from Severna Park yeah. and their fans, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, Urbana was just—I mean, I think it was like just dis- a ton of disappointment, and like you know, I—I I didn't, you know, I—I I, I didn't get a chance to speak to any of the girls afterwards, but um, I, I talked to to Coach Blazer briefly, and I mean, they they were in the locker room, you know, understandably so for a pretty long time after that. I was just like, you know, what do you even tell your kids when that happens? And I mean, he basically said, you know, what I said. It was just like, you know sometimes you know it's like nothing you can do about it like sometimes you know they play they they you know they played it well sometimes that shot goes through and you know unfortunately for Urbana it was it was it was against them but um, yeah I mean it was like the ending of the year uh uh so far in local sports but right. but not the ending you want it's not a happy ending or one that you want to really like talk right. about for a long well time. and and not that you know obviously this you know this was even wackier and the stakes were even higher but this is the second time they've lost on a buzzer effectively a buzzer beating three this year because one of the other times i covered them was their first game against Linganore, which so, so were, you you are the bad luck charm, i am the bad man. luck charm i have i am bad luck charm for a couple teams and i think or we can safely add urbana girls basketball to that list there's a couple teams that love you though there are a couple teams that love me there are a couple teams where every time i go something just totally wacky happens against them and yeah, uh, you, you you take the go with the bat, I guess. Yeah, we're we're gonna see your uh, your 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 picture on the uh, door of the Urbana Gymnasium saying, <laughs> "Do not do do not permit uh, or do not admit uh, entrance." Um, so um, we had we had another girls semifinal. Uh, Tusk or uh, Oakdale, excuse me. Um, I ran into the uh, reigning state champs in three A in Poly, and and I, I'd say gave them a respectable battle. Yeah, it, it wasn't some of the ridiculous scores that, that Polly had put up um, uh, earlier in the season, including an alleged 155 to nothing game. So um, Oakdale got got within 155 points. Uh, <laughs> yeah, way closer than that. They uh, were yeah, was it 17. I think was the final. Margin, yeah, so. right. It was, it was within 20 points. So uh, it, was, it was just going to be an uphill battle for Oakdale. A great season. Uh, uh, winning, winning, the, winning the regional title. I, I don't think many people really, uh, including us. I mean, yeah. Co- Coach Healy said we didn't talk about him much uh, 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 on the podcast here. So, so they were probably an overlooked team that won a regional title and and and, and acquitted themselves well um, in, in in a state semifinal. Um, so, so that was last week. Uh, we had, we had two girls teams bow out in the quarterfinals. Uh, last Saturday, we had two boys teams advance as Frederick rallied from 16 down to beat St. Charles. And then Walkersville ha- had a, a pretty easy time, it looked like, with Liberty. Uh, both those games were home games, uh, which set up uh, Tuesday night's um, state semifinals. One was at Montgomery Blair, your uh, alma mater, mm-hmm. right? And that was the Frederick boys against Damascus. And uh, for most of the season, those teams have been undefeated. Uh, I think Damascus had a couple of late season losses. Yeah. Uh, but Frederick was 26 and 0 coming into the game. And then Walkersville, um, in sort of a weird thing, that they were playing at Wise. They were playing Largo High School at Wise. And, and Largo is not that far away from Wise. So despite the fact that Walkersville was the two seed, 
they had to travel a pretty long way to play to play a lower seeded team playing pretty close mm-hmm. to home. So, um, so we'll get into that uh, in, in a second. But um, man, the Frederick boys uh, that, that that had to be disappointing to, to lose to Damascus. Uh, you said they got off to a good start, yeah. uh, but Damascus just basically and gradually just took control of the game. Yeah, I mean Frederick Frederick got out to a they they scored in their first possession and they they got up by as much as 7 partway through the second quarter but then again Damascus just sort of slowly started chipping away and not even it's not even that their offense was particularly, you know, awesome during the game. I mean, you know, it was a 53-50 final, so you know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't particularly high scoring, but you know, their defense, they just they just kind of started being a little more aggressive with Frederick. And Frederick's, you know, fr- I mean, truthfully, Frederick's shots weren't falling. Like, they weren't taking a ton of great looks, and they weren't getting a ton of second chances because Damascus had some had some forwards that were able to, you know, at least contend with contend with um, Frederick's, Frederick's, you know, size down low. And that was even despite uh, missing Damascus's starting center was, was out. He was injured. Um, so they were, they were playing a, you know, you know, a reserve, a reserve center and a, you know, a couple starting forwards, but they're, um, you know, they, they were able to just kind of handle them and just slowly chip away. They took a, they took a two point lead, right. They hit a, we got a layup right before the half and, uh, and they, they never, they never trailed after that. They got up, they kind of got it out to, you know, about eight to 10 points for most of the second half. And, you know, Frederick, Frederick did in the last two and a half minutes charge back and had a, had a, had a possession where they had a chance to tie it, but um, they, they went, they instead went for the, the two and the foul and neither, neither the, the layup did not fall and there was no foul because Damascus pretty, pretty wisely, you know, you know, kept their, kept their hands up in a way. So, you know, is, is, you know, good season, you know, obviously fantastic season for Frederick and, you know, pretty, you know, again, I mean, you, you, we, we've been we're talking about it kind of all the time right like you know in one of the one of you know the final th- three of the final four are probably going to be city frederick and damascus and two of those teams are going to have to meet in the semifinals and you know sure enough it would happen to be frederick and damascus and i mean it turned into you know it was it was a very good game and all around but yeah damascus just 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 had the upper hand so how did uh um, Coach Amani Hill and his players handle the end of their um, perfect season. I mean, a lot of disappointment, you know, as expected, and obviously, you know, you know, you know, in the moment it was tough. But I, I mean, all but one starter is returning, um, and I, they, and even on the bench, they only had I think like two other seniors. So you know, outside of you know, I believe those three, th- that entire that entire team is coming back and. You know, and, and they'll probably play like they did last year. They'll probably play all summer, right? Too. So for you know, you know, for a lot of these guys, it's you know, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where it's like they were so close, and with how good this team was, you know, that was really brutal. But in a sense, this will probably you know fuel them because it's like we got so close last year. We're coming back with almost the exact same roster. Um, you know, they'll probably be favored to. Maybe not, you know, depending on their schedule, maybe not run the table, but like, you know, be a pretty high seed once again next year and probably probably pace the way in the county. So, you know, it's it's one of those things that's just that's just tough in there. You know, they, they know they, they kind of knew that, like, you know, it's it, you know, it sucks that the that's obviously the season is over. They were so close. Um, you know, they're going to miss playing, you know, at least with, with the seniors that are leaving, you know, miss miss them, miss them. But you know, just that, you know, it's, I don't think they're, they're, they're not that far, they're really not that far away from, you know, turning it right around next year, so. Yeah, and like we said, they'll, they'll play all summer again on, on the AAU circuit, mm. uh, they won't be much, there won't be much time off, this group will get right back at it, they'll be out there probably in the, in the next couple of weeks, uh, getting going with their AAU stuff, and it's what they did last year after they lost for the third time, uh, last season, the the TJ it inspired this run, and I'm sure this loss will inspire their run next year. 
if it's any consolation to Frederick, yeah. and I, I know it's not, uh, City College looks like the team to beat right. in Class 3A. They had a 34, I believe, point. 33 point. It was 94 to 61 okay. was the final. All right, 33 I, point win over Aberdeen in the other state semifinal. They're unbeaten. Yeah. Uh, it would have been a pretty tall order for Frederick right. uh, to, to beat them. I, I, did, I, I did not catch that game, but I was assured by people that were there that it was uh, very – that it was it was a one point game partway through the second quarter and then it just they just total city just totally took off and they looked pretty unstoppable i mean aberdeen those were the i going to the game those were i believe the two highest scoring teams in the state like aberdeen averaged like around 80 you know they were over 80 points a game coming into that one and city was like right behind them but i mean i yeah i think city you know city city seems a pretty decent bet to win this whole thing but i guess we'll guess we'll see we'll guess guess we'll see tomorrow night all right uh so with walkersville Walkersville, they're already kind of irked that they have to travel all this way to to, to face largo and then the game happens and it's a close game well played game and then in the final seconds uh the game is tied, I believe. It, it, Walkersville is up one. Or Walkersville yeah. – no, excuse me. Walkersville is up one. Uh, and there's a, there's a three that Shaden Hansen, the great Walkersville player, is contesting. And a foul is called on the three with only, what, like what one point two se- – like, say, two seconds left. I, 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 I forget the exact time. Uh, you, you you just don't see that. I mean, refs swallow their whistle in uh, on that occasion like nine out of ten times, and man, it, it it takes some guts to to make that call if you're if you're the official. The, the foul was called after the game. Shaden Hansen said he contested and got all ball. So I I mean I didn't see the video of it. I wasn't at this game, mm-hmm. so I I don't know it. it, it I and you weren't there either. Yeah. But but man, to make that call with with only uh, about two seconds left. That that that's saying something. It is though. I will say someone did put po- someone did post a a video of the final sequence to Twitter and slowed it down. And you do see that he 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 get he does get ball, but then as he's as he's kind of coming down on the follow through, he does he does get get the get the Largo player's arm. So it, it, it probably was the right call, but you're right. It is. You, you never you, you never see very it made, t- though. It's yeah. very tough. Now you know the. The thing is, so that the player that that was shooting that uh, sophomore named Cam Ward for Largo, he's he average. I think he's averages like twenty six and eleven or something. He's got a whole bunch of like high level, you know, interests. So he, I mean, you know, if, if he's the one guy you basically don't want shooting shooting in that situation, and you know, it seemed like it was a you know at least it was a good contest from 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 Shaden. But yeah, that's a you know a unfortunate ending and. You know, again, I mean, if if he gets fouled there, you know, he's he, he's the he's he's good enough that he's gonna hit yeah. his. I mean, hit I, his foul shots. Just so. all the fouls in basketball history that haven't been called in <laughs> in, in, in that exact scenario, just because the refs don't want to be the ones to decide the game. I mean, if, if there was a legit foul, I mean, it should have been called no matter no matter what the time is. It's just remarkable, just because you don't see it called in 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 that situation. So. Uh, but but great season for Walkersville. I mean, they I don't think they could have played much better uh, in, in in the state semifinal. They just a, a victim of circumstance, really, where um, it was just an unfortunate. Uh, uh, I don't even I don't want to call the call unfortunate because it might have been correct, but just an unfortunate circumstance how 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 it came to came to an end there uh, with, with free throws with only a, a second or two left deciding the game. I guess Walkersville got the ball, but, but, but they got the ball to Shaden Hanson, who you probably want taking right. that shot, but he just, uh, he wasn't able to get a shot off. Right. And, and, and that was the end of their game and a remarkable season. I mean, their only losses were two to Frederick, uh, one close one to Oakdale. They could have gone either way. A nip and tuck battle Oakdale, the reigning three, a champs. And now to Largo, uh, who's now a two, a state semifinalist. So, uh, so remarkable season uh, for the Walkersville boys. Um, before we welcome in Coach Swink, uh, shout out to, uh, to the state wrestling champions. Uh, 
Uh, Garrett uh, Dickinson of Ligonor, um, uh, Cooper Van Skoyak, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, I may not be, uh, from Oakdale, uh, who was sort of a surprise uh, state champ, finished third in the uh, county tournament, third in the regional tournament, upset a state champion in the state quarterfinals, and, and he, he won the uh, 4A, 3A, 126-pound weight class, uh, so props uh, to Cooper there, and also to Kieran uh, Hofkazang of Middletown. Uh, who capped a dominant season uh, with his uh, first state title, a 2A-1A uh, to 120 pounds. So so that's it. I mean, uh, basketball's over, wrestling's over, uh, track and field's over, swimming's over. It's, it's on to spring sports. We're about to mark your one-year anniversary mm-hmm. here at the FNP. It was in early when, – when did you start here? March 14th of last year. So, okay, so, yes. so, so next, this, this next is, week we're going to have, bull- we're gonna have balloons. <laughs> we're going to have streamers. We're going <laughs> to have uh, noisemakers. We're going to have all sorts of celebrating oh to do next week. That's a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 one year at the FMP has it felt like a year? No, honestly. I mean, I mean, yes in the sense that like I I I like it has been a year because obviously in my head, right? It's like, okay, I've completed all, you know at least one round of all three of the sports seasons. But in terms of just like actual feeling of time, I I mean, I think I'm just losing consent. I think time has just been wacky since 2020. So yeah, every, everyone's <laughs> conception of time. Yeah, is my off, my so. t- my conception of time is all like it feels like it's been so fast, but then there's times where it feels slow and. It it's just it, it just doesn't make sense. May may even have to get a cake uh, for for, uh, for next. Oh wow, week, this uh, is uh, we are going we're, really we're, all we're, out. Yeah, we're, we are going all out. <laughs> the the one year anniversary of Alexander Dacey as an FMP sports writer. So uh, let me say it's been a pleasure having you on. Uh, it, it's been a great year, and, and and we love having you. So thank you. I, I love doing this, and hopefully, um, you know, I may. Might 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 be getting my own my own segment here. Yeah, so we're, stay we're, tuned we're, for that. We gotta we have to talk about that. Yes, we gotta so. we gotta do some planning. But. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're we're looking to raise your profile even more. So, thank you, sir. Uh, when we come back, we will talk to Dean Swink uh, about Urbana football. Stay with us here on the final score. As the coaching carousel spins here in Frederick County, very pleased to welcome on the new head coach of the Urbana High School football team. I, I, I told you I'd have you on uh, one day, Dean. Yes, sir. And I thank you for having me. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here. Yeah, uh, D- Dean Swank is with us. How, how, how are you, sir? I am very well. Thank you so much. Um, just what made you want to jump back into the fray here as a, as a head coach? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, during Christmas break, I was watching some video. Uh, I think it was Amazon Prime. They did the season uh, behind the scenes with Deion Sanders at Jackson State. Yeah. And all that he did. And it's not at all what I thought. I expected him to be, you know, more about flash and bling. And Yeah, prime time, was, right? Yeah. And he is much more about substance and character development and accountability and, you know, believing in yourself and work ethic. And it just inspired me. And I was hanging out with some friends and I said, you know, that guy makes me want to be a head coach again, not thinking that an opportunity was was on the horizon. And then when the opportunity came, I said, you know, maybe there was a reason I was watching that video and thinking those thoughts. And then the opportunity presented itself. And, uh, you know, I went for it and here we are, but, but it's a big commitment though. I mean, you're no stranger, you're, you're, you're no stranger to the Urbana high football program. You're no stranger to being a head coach. Uh, So, so you know what, what goes into it and, and, and what it takes and, and and how hard it is to win games. So absolutely. So was it just as simple as just watching Dion on TV that said, man, I want to do this again, or or, or what else, what, what, what else when it, I mean, your family had to be heavily involved in this decision. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, You know, all the other opportunities where I was a head coach, I had, you know, school age children, and it was a big burden on the family and and my wife. Now my kids are grown and out of the house and and so on. And my wife was like, you need something to keep you out of trouble. You know, you need something (laughs) to keep you. And and one of her best friends said that um, 
you know, being the head coach keeps you on your toes and it keeps you young. It keeps you in touch. And, you know, she said, that's, you know, all of us have things that we're good at or we're meant to be. And they felt that, you know, that that's where I needed to be. And I didn't necessarily believe them, but the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, you're right. And so um, I thought at this point in my life with the kids grown and, and stuff like that, I would have more flexibility and more time to devote to it. Um, and it is a big, big full-time commitment. If, if no one's ever done it, um, yeah, spend a week with, with a head coach and just not even dealing in season, out of season, the work that goes into it. If you're doing, trying to do a good job. Yeah. I mean, and you're not doing it for the, for the money either. Uh, oh, no, uh, sir. Uh, on the no, high school sir. level, you, 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 high school football coaches are hardly the highest paid employees in their state. Uh, <laughs> yeah. like a lot of the college football coaches are. So yes. I, yes. If you, if you, you know, found out that Mike Loxley is the highest paid state employee, wouldn't be that surprised, but any high school football coach would not make that list. Uh, right. Uh, just how fortunate are you that the Urbana job opened? Cause you, you'd be, you were there. I mean, you, right. you, you, how, how long have you been the assistant um, coach there? Well, we off. just came. We just came back this past fall, so it was one year. But and, I had and been you an were there before, yeah. Yes, I was an assistant under Dave Mancarini, um for three seasons, and um, I mean it's a great community. It's a great school. When you are looking for a job, you have certain criteria that you hope the 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 school, uh, you know, the boxes are checked, and support from a community, a feeder program. And we have a community that's used to excellence. The other sports programs are excellent. Academics are excellent. The arts, the music, they're all top notch. So it makes sense that they would want and support uh, the building of a, of a top notch football program. Yeah, I mean, and it looks like you're going to have continuity with your staff. Uh, you, you already know the kids uh, that you have, the kids that you yes. have coming back. So that, that gives you a big head start, right? Big time, big time. I'm, I, I can only imagine if someone was coming from the outside and, you know, would the staff want to stay and, and you know, be part of a quote unquote rebuild. And I think that was the uh, administration's goal, too, was to try to keep some continuity um, for the kids sake, too. If you're a senior coming in, you don't want a brand new offense, brand new defense. How do I fit in? Do I have this relationship with these guys? Um, so I think that was you know, that had to play into um, you know, the decision somewhat. Well, what brought you back? I mean, you said you were working under uh, a Mencarini uh, at Urbana. Mm -hmm. you, you stepped away probably for various reasons. What, what, what made you want to jump back in as an assistant? Uh, well, uh, honestly, uh, I'm really good friends with Eric Wallach, who was the head coach at Damascus, and he needed um, to, to fill a, a hole on his staff. And he knows, you know, we have coached together for probably 15 years. And he knew that I could fit in with his current staff and I knew their scheme and their system and it would be, you know, a pretty easy, smooth transition. Okay. So I jumped in there with that crew. So you went, you were at Damascus. Yes. In 2019. And, um, you know, that was a phenomenal year. We had a, a great time. Eric decided to resign because his son was starting at Linganore and he wanted to get involved, you know, with that program. So the rest of us stepped away and we said, hey, maybe one day down the road, we'll, we'll get the old band back together again. Um, and Greg Frazier, who was the defensive coordinator, was talking um, with Urbana and, and Brad Wilson and, and Matt Byrne. Um, and they decided to bring you know him in and he brought all of us back. And it was one of those things. We just had so much fun working together and we're like-minded and it's easy. There's not a lot of explaining how or what to do and um, it was seamless and you know because I have head coaching experience um, I think that's probably why they gave me the opportunity among the other staff members that were uh, interested in the in the job and um, you know it, it, it was a lot of soul searching because it, it is it's I don't want to do anything halfway I don't want um, to not live up to the standard that the, the Urbana community um, expects. So I had to be sure that I wanted to go all in and make it a year round commitment. And after, you know, a lot of talking with people and friends, family, I decided, yeah, let's do this thing.
and haven't looked back. Yeah, absolutely. This is a good jumping off point because, of course, we have the NFL draft coming off next mm-hmm. week. And if you were at Damascus in 2019, which was a state championship season, yes. uh, you coached uh, Brian uh, uh, Brzee. Yes, uh, I, 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 I presume as, as, as a defensive line coach. Yep. So tell us a little bit about Brian and what it was like to coach him. Well, fortunately for Brian, he really didn't know very much about football and he wasn't very good until I got a chance to work with him. Right. I'll I'll, I'll credit to you, right? You have a a big uh, portion of his uh, signing bonus coming your way. If it weren't for me, who knows? But no, honestly, the the thing there was just don't try to mess him up. He already has a wealth of knowledge and he was definitely one of the most talented players I've ever seen. tremendous work ethic but you know what impressed me more than anything was his his caring for his teammates and his willingness to um you know let other people shine and promote other people and celebrate other people's victories and uh he's just a selfless kid and I'm really really happy that he's doing well and you know based on what we saw in the combine you know he's probably top 10 pick and if he's not the people that pass him We'll probably be very, very sorry. Right. I mean, I see you out there at practice. You're preaching motor, motor. Let's, let's oh, go. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, it, Brian has to have one of the best oh. motors that you've ever seen. Oh, and and not only that, his get off, his start. Like we were watching some film that they do drills at at, at Clemson, where it's like competition, who can get off the quickest. You know, the, the the snap, and then you have to be off, and they they time them, and there was times where they were saying he was off sides and then they took super slow-mo film and realized he wasn't, he's just that quick. And he has the heaviest hands that I've ever been around. When he puts his hands on you, even just he's kidding around like, Hey, how you doing? And pat you on the back. He's got bear paws. And, and I know everybody at that level does, but he, he sets himself apart physically and, and, you know, He's just a great, great person. Right. What, what, what goes through your head when you flip on the TV and there's Clemson and there's Brian, someone you've coached before, and, sure. and there's this kid at the Combine who's going to yeah. be a high pick in the NFL draft? Well, I mean, is it sort of surreal to you on some level that, hey, I, I know this kid. I coached this kid. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely surreal, and it's actually not surprising because if you've been around long enough, you've seen guys that, you know, have been high level division one players and, and stuff like that. And you can project, yeah, that guy could play at, you know, an Ohio state and Alabama, you know, a Clemson, whatever, but you don't often project that someone's going to have NFL capabilities and it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, he was so, so dominant um, that that just, I wish people could have that experience so they could have a little taste of what it's like to play at the NFL level. How, how long have you known Brian? I actually knew him way, way back when he was at Urbana before he had moved over. Um, he was coming to, they have a program in the evening for the incoming uh, young kids called Iron Hawks. And Dave Mancarini would, you know, two nights a week, bring in the rising uh, eighth grade and, uh, Brian was coming in and we already looked at him and said, Oh, that kid, when he gets here, he's going to be on varsity. And he did, he played varsity, um, his freshman year. And then, um, then he transferred to Damascus and, you know, the rest is history. Um, he went on to win three straight or three state championships. And I think three, because uh, uh, maybe, uh, maybe, uh, maybe it was two because uh, uh, his junior uh, uh, year, they Oakdale. did not. So oh, yeah. Oak, and, Oakdale got him in 2018. Yes. Oh yes, so. exactly. Exactly. Uh, but this kid was like the number one recruit in the country. I mean, yes. you, you, you say, okay, this kid's going to be on varsity. Did you see number one recruit in the country potential with him? I oh, mean, no. Yeah. Heck no. I mean, also. The, it's hard. The it's, it's impossible to peg that. I mean. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, especially a young, I think he may have been in seventh or eighth grade. And how, how big was he? How, how big was he then? He was tall. He was probably six, two, um, but he was probably 180, which. You know, 180, but, you know, he was probably seventh grade or, you know, whatever. And I think by the time he was a freshman, he was probably two, two, over 200, 225 or something. Right. Um, yeah. Six, three, six, so, four. so he had his big growth spurt. And, and, and all yes. of a sudden, like, I mean, and all of a sudden he's the number one recruit in the country. I mean, were you yeah. amazed at how fast his rise was? I mean, yeah. I mean, when you see a kid in middle school, you, you have no way of knowing. I mean, you know, they're very talented. 
Um, he was great at basketball, obviously football, probably could have been anything he wanted to be, um, you know, quite honestly. But uh, you saw the athleticism and, and you know, the, the explosiveness and the competitiveness. He hates to lose in anything, you know. So that, I think, is a big thing that separates guys. There's a lot of guys with a lot of talent, but not a lot of guys who want to work that hard, you know. Um, and I think when you see guys quit, like J.J. Watt retired, I think J.J. could still play, but does he want to do what's necessary to play right. at the level that he's accustomed to? And that's what separates a lot of guys. And Brian has that. Yeah, so Brian wasn't just skating by on the fact that he's no, huge no, no. and he's, no. he's talented. Yeah, Not at all. Yeah, he, he, he was the hardest worker in the room probably, right? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, like I said, I see you out there at practice. You, you seem to be having as much fun as you've ever had. You're, you seem mm -hmm. as passionate as you've ever been. I mean, uh, you've always had a passion for this job. And, uh, I mean, did it ever wane at all? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I have uh, probably stepped away at times because, like I said about J.J. Watt, he could still play. I could still do the job. But if I can't do the job the way I believe – that you should do the job, then I think it's not fair to the kids. It's not fair to the program. Um, and so I have stepped away and your battery gets recharged and it is in your blood and you do miss it. And you do miss the relationships that you build with these guys. Right. And, and, you know, you get a little taste of it and you want a little more than a little more. And, you know, it's, it's funny. I just feel like uh, it, it, I'm starting all over again. That's kind of how I feel. You, you do. I mean, I, I see you out there. You love working with the defensive linemen so much. You seem so yes. in your element and you're still going to coach the D linemen, even though you're now the yes. head coach, right? Yep. Uh, coach Frazier has said, um, Hey, I, I want you to, to stay with that. And I said, well, if you want to get someone else in and he goes, no, that's, that's kind of like your signature thing. And I said, okay, if that's what, you know, if you think that's best, then, then I'm all in. And I've talked to other people who are head coaches who have given up that kind of role. And they say, that's what they miss the most having their guys, their group. Um, and I love, I love the linemen. I, you know, the, the lifeblood of any team offensive and defensive line is, you know, that the teams are successful or not because of those groups. And they are also often the most unheralded, you know, they don't get the credit. They don't get their name for 300 yards rushing, but that guy doesn't have 300 yards if the line's not opening up holes, et cetera. So. so, so tell us how your job changes now. What are the added responsibilities, generally, generally speaking, as the head coach? Well, you have to weigh in on, on everything. You have to be in touch with everything. And when I say everything, it's like I would go to the weight room, but I wasn't really worried about what program they were following. Now I've, you know, I've had to go out and say, okay, what do we do? Well, what do we need to keep doing? What do we need to add or change, you know, to make the weight room, um, you know, better. And, you know, what can we do to recruit more kids? I walk around the, the hallways of Urbana. There are phenomenal athletes, phenomenal that no one has spoken to, or, you know, they, Hey, would you like to play football? No, I'm good. Well, you don't take non good for an answer. You gotta, you know, work with that kid a little bit and, and see if they can, you know, find some value in, in joining the team. Um, you know, you're worried about development of your other coaches. Are you giving them leadership opportunities so that they can grow? Um, they can become coordinators and head coaches if they want. Are you, um, you know, linked with the community? Are you in touch with the parents, the other teachers? The yeah, academic? you're now the point person between the yes. players and the parents, which is yes. which is a huge change. Yes, yes. And, you know, now with social media and, and you know, text messaging and everything, and people are constantly, you know, sending a text, hey, can, you know, what about this and what about that? And, you know, so many people want to get involved and, and help, and you want everybody to help. Like, oh, I could help do this for the team. And you've got to coordinate that. So, you, you know, it's like sometimes I feel like my to-do list gets longer than the get-done list. And you feel a little bit uh, like you're spinning your wheels. And, you know, you're maybe not getting as much done as you should. So I've been very careful every morning I wake up and write down, okay, these things have to get done today. And this has to be done by tomorrow. 
And you have to follow up on those things. Whereas before I could be like, well, I'll wait for the head coach to tell me, you know, what's next. This is where having the Frasers on the staff is, is oh, yeah. hugely beneficial, right? Because they, they strike me as being extremely organized yes. on top of it, guys. I mean, I watched your practices at Urbana, and they, they struck me as being like college practices. I mean, you, everything ran on schedule, on time. We're doing this now. We're doing that now. Everything ran with a pace and a, and a purpose, it seemed. And a, and a lot yes. of that, it seemed to come from the, the Frasers. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Greg, um, you know, is, is great at that. And I think he does a great job of evaluating week to week, you know, where we're weak and we need to emphasize that in practice. And, you know, we need to continue to develop this or um, the other thing is it's just good teaching to have a lesson plan. You can't go out in the practice field and then make it up. You have, and I don't think it's fair to your assistant coaches if they don't know, you know, maybe a day in advance, at least what you're planning to do so that they can plan the drills and the things. And, and if they are struggling in a, in a particular area, Hey, anybody got any idea how we could do this and, and help me with that? And there's, you know, tons of resources out there that, that can, that can help you, but we need to communicate that as, as a staff. So we go out there and we're prepared. And at the end of that two hour practice, are we further ahead than we were when we started? And if the answer is no, then that's on us. We didn't plan correctly. So, yeah. And, and Matt Byrne on the other side, you know, Matt is in private industry and, and he is a passing game guru and he, you know, played, he played quarterback at William and Mary and, you know, he was a Damascus quarterback and the guy is a genius and he is a master teacher, very organized. He's in the finance industry. So obviously dotting I's and crossing T's. Man, you have a lot of organized on top of it guys on your staff. So. 100%. And, I, and 100%. I'm gu- I'm guessing you wouldn't be in this job right now if that wasn't the case. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Right. You, you, you sort of have a ready-made uh, uh, situation for you. Yes. Um, how hands-on will you be in terms of like the play calling on both sides of the ball? Will you be more the Neither. CEO, uh, head coach? Okay, yeah. Nope, nope. Greg, I'm going to – what I want to do is is in getting feedback from some of the other guys there was things that they felt that we could do better as, as a, as a unit, as a whole staff um, in, in game. So I've spent a lot of time trying to break down roles and making sure everybody knows exactly what it is that they're going to be responsible for. Um, I'm probably going to take a little more active role in the special teams. Um, You know, it is a third of the game. And a lot of times we, we treat it as an afterthought and I don't think it should be. Um, And I think the kids that, play special teams a lot of times it's backup kids and I don't think that that should be a backup unit you know you can change a game by blocking a punt or returning a you know a punt or you know so I I'll probably get more involved in that um and you know I I'm we have some other things that we're going to work on to be a little more organized um yeah on the sidelines but I I don't think my best strength would be calling offense or defense when I have those other guys on the staff that are astute and gifted and, you know, they're passionate about that. So you're, you're, you're there to keep the train on the tracks and to make, yes, the, sir. make, make the big decisions and, yes, and, sir. and, and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm going to tell Matt, Hey, you got two downs here. So, you know, you don't have to get it all right here. We're going for it. And you know, that kind of stuff. I, and I want to empower him to be aggressive and I'm, you know, tell Greg the same thing you know I want to be the sounding board for them but they'll make the calls so on Friday night when you know you think it's absolutely stupid that that you know that we're throwing the ball blame Greg Frazier yeah 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 (laughs) that's not me so send your complaints to to Frazier or, or Matt Byrne okay um with with the social media piece do you you have a policy with that with your players It's interesting because my second day in the job, we we had an issue where some kids were, you know, like kids do. Um, There were some inappropriate things on there. Nothing, you know, major, but uh, we had to address that. And, you know, it was funny because it's on my list of things to speak at a parent meeting about being on top of your social media. I hate social media. Um, It empowers the worst parts of society in a, to in a lot of ways, in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. And a lot of it's anonymous. 
and people could you know be real brave and say a lot of things that they would never say publicly if they had to own it. And you know, I I I understand that it's a tool and that it's it's here to stay. It's and not and kid, kids kids like it, right? Yeah. Yeah, they love it. And in fact, you know, a lot of education is being done through social media. You and I are the old guys, Dean. We're yes. we're, we're, we're the old crotchety guys. We're the old get off my get off our lawn off, guys. Yeah. 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 Yeah, hundred percent. But you know, the other thing is, I can't stand, and I never understood this. Why would you ever give an opponent bulletin board material? So why would you go? Oh, we're going to run the score up on you, and we're going to beat you by. 100? Why? Even if you are going to do that, you don't need to put it out. Like, why would you poke the bear? I, I, I let I just, your let, let let your game and talent speak for itself, right? Hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, I, I there's a quote, and I don't know who it's attributed to, but it's. What you do is so loud, I can't hear what you say. So if you're going to go out there and dominate, then just go dominate. And at the end of the game, everyone who watched will know. You don't need to then say anything. But we're, we live in a time of self-promotion. And, and unfortunately, a lot of people feel that if you don't self-promote, you're, you're not like like – you're falling, you you're, you're falling behind, you're falling you behind, be right? Yeah, you're falling behind. And again, like I've always been of the mindset that if you're good at what you do, people will know. Right. And do you take selfies? No, 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 never. You never, never just grab your cell phone and, and, and say never. cheese or do anything like never. that. So <laughs> the only time maybe would be like, if you know, the family's on vacation yeah, sure. and we're at the beach, but not like, Hey, look at me at the gym. Just got you know, three sets in. <laughs> And you know what the people I don't get that go to a restaurant and they always take a picture of yum, look what I'm eating tonight. I feel like writing back and I won't because it's rude, but who cares? Right. I don't care what you have for dinner, you know? And right. You certainly don't need to post it. it. It's funny. Again, we're sounding like the old guys here. This yes. is the old this is the old guy well, podcast. But when you go to I a am. restaurant now, when you go to a restaurant now, you often see tables full of people and every yeah. single person is on their, on phone. their phone. Right. Yeah. No, no one's talking to each other. They're all nope. looking down uh, at, at their phone. So, well, it's, it's funny to me, too. Like kids, they even have a hard time looking you in the eye when you're having a conversation because that's not what they're used to. They're used to looking at their yeah. phone. Okay. They, while they're the, texting. the social skills have eroded. Yes. I mean, they're, they're, they're not what, I mean, that, and that's concerning when you go to do a job interview and stuff and, and, and you don't have, um, you don't have a uh, personable inner, inner and uh, good communication skills. Yes. So, all right, that that concludes the old guy uh, portion of, <laughs> of, of of the podcast here. Good. So, uh, just just how do you look at the program? I mean, uh, you had some great players last year, but I mean, yes. you know, high school football is cyclical. So, sure. uh, guys like uh, uh, Keegan Johnson and Riley Smith, I mean, you, you won't have them next year because because nope. they're, they're graduating. So, just how yes. do you how do you? I mean, I I know you have some good players coming back. Just yes. how do you look at the current state of the Urbana program? Well, I first of all like how many schools have five state championships? Not very many, right. right? So the tradition is here. We're not starting from ground zero. My hope is to really rekindle what was there um, when they opened the school under Coach Carruthers and, and the success they had under Coach Hines. And I want to reach out. And it's weird because someone said, hey, if you go to a Damascus game, you see all these alumni from 20, 25, 30 years going to games just because they they have an interest. And I think that same thing should be true at Urbana. And I think we need to give them a reason to want to be there. But I, I really think that the kids who were seniors this year, you know, we need to open their eyes to the fact that you're playing at a place that is steeped in tradition and you're working to restore this program back to, you know, the legacy that was created, you know, probably before some of you were even born. And, uh, you know, I, I am very big on tradition and, and history. And these kids are starved for it. They, they want to play at a, you know, it used to be a kid would walk into a place and you'd see, oh, an Urbana football jacket. That kid, you know, you knew something about him based on the kids that played in that program. We're trying to return that kind of pride. Um, so that when they go down to the pizza shop or the sub shop or whatever, and they got that yeah, the small towns, small town yes, celebrities, exactly, there. Right. exactly, yeah, yep. 
I mean, it, it's sort of funny how all this uh, coaching turnover works. Uh, there were four uh, jobs that came open here in, in in the county. Would you have been interested in any of the jobs? Were you were you anxious to jump in anywhere, or were you looking for the right situation? Honestly, if you would have told me in November that I was going to be the head coach come 2023, I would have said, you're outside your mind. There is no way. I was so done. I like coaching, and I like being an assistant. And I felt at that point in my life, I was better at being an assistant than I would have been as a head coach. And I, I don't, I mean, it's weird the way it transpired. I would not have bet any money at all that I would be the guy in this position. Um, I'm glad that I am now and I'm grateful for it. And I promise that, you know, I will do my darndest to, to make everyone correct for, for choosing me, but yeah. It was not something like uh, I'd go, oh, yeah, so-and-so is going to go for that job or so-and-so is a young coach and, you know, would be a good candidate for that job. Never, ever would I have thought my name would have been in anybody's, um, you know, ring. Right. It's kind of funny, too, because now Ryan Hines, the former Urbana coach, yeah. is now at Tuscarora. You're the former Tuscarora coach now at Urbana. <laughs> so it's Well, it, it, it's funny because I'm sure he had, you know, he he actually had gone up to the AP level and to go back do you want to do that? Your kids are getting ready to go to college. Do you want to? Yep. And, and it was funny because we had some conversations and I thought, no way there's just, he just can't, you get those golden handcuffs and, and you, you know, you got to make a certain amount of money and you know, it's funny. And, and I, I'm not trying to reveal any secrets, but I believe he had a meeting with his family and they were like, you got to do what's what you're meant to do and what makes you happy. Right. Because, it, he, he, said, he, he said as, he said as much right yeah yeah like why and 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 it was funny because i left montgomery county and i took a, a significant pay cut to come to frederick county but i got to coach my son i got to teach at the school where my daughters you know went and graduated and i know their friends and i know who they were hanging out with and i was part of their high school experience i got to share that with them and it was uh it was you know well worth the cut and pay and like my wife said yeah we may have a few more things if you didn't make the move but you well, know you have memories the, and experiences that are priceless well, well what's the value of your happiness right. and, and not being right. and not being miserable so exactly. and, and, and it's a lot i mean for for some 100%. people it's a lot it's not about the money you make it's how happy you are on the job so yes uh, so, hey, Dean, uh, thanks for doing this. So we're, we're running Absolutely. a little short on time, but we no wish worries. you well. Gl glad you're back in the saddle. Look forward to working with you again uh, yes, in a head coaching capacity, and uh, look forward to seeing you out there with your fire out there on the practice field. Well, so, we're going to get you in some drills if you come. Uh oh, so. do um, I have to do the <laughs> Oklahoma drill? Or yes, sir. I, I'm a little guy. I, I can't. I can't compete we'll with your. I, I can't compete with your defensive linemen. No, so. no, you won't. We won't put you with them. We'll put you with the D-backs. <laughs> I'll be a DB for you. So. Okay. All right, Dean, uh, thanks for doing this. Uh, re re Absolutely. Really appreciate thanks it. for so, having me. Yep. Uh, take care. You too. That's Dean Swink, uh, head coach of the Urbana High football team. Uh, my thanks to Graham Cullen for producing the podcast, for Alexander Dacey and John Cannon for coming on and talking about the end of the winter sports season here in Frederick County. Uh, but spring is on the way. Uh, we'll be talking some spring sports coming up, having some great guests for you. So stay with us here on the final score. Until next week, have a great one, everyone. Oh,